0: JSTV is now on the air.
1: Some folks don't believe the super fruitiness of Bonkers fruit candy. They learn soon enough. Some folks think Bonkers is gum. They know it's candy now. With this extra fruity inside, Bonkers is so super fruity. Whoops! Bonkers. Bonks you out. officially flavored
2: Aka
3: Midori a o gunjoiro iro kyo Kyo-de-i Imajin O Chigek Suru
1: Color hi DDK Video Tape
4: my man Bernie Mac
5: I ain't scared of you motherfuckers I'm gonna tell you something straight off the motherfucking press I ain't coming for no foolishness And New York goddamn y'all motherfucking women look good y'all like a bacon and egg sandwich look good but I love sex I love it. Can't do shit no more. And I'm blessed. I'm big boned. I'm heavy-structured. I'm hung low. If I pull my shit out this whole room, get dark. Kick it! You don't understand. I ain't scared of you motherfuckers. I love, I love sex, man. I love it by the pound. I'd be glad when they put that shit in cans. <laughs> Can you imagine sex in cans? Motherfuckers be shoplifting and shit. <laughs> Folks be playing ball, man. Then what you getting ready to do, man? I'm tired. I'm a six me a suspect. I put something going in. Kick it. <laughs> you don't understand. Motherfuckers. Women just do anything until you talk to any kind of way you want to talk to somebody. It don't make no more fucking sense. I'm in a bar minding mine my business, cool out, just being cool. Like I am. Chilling. Woman gonna come to me, then she just ask you the goddamn thing she want to do. She said, Mac, I said, yeah, that's my name. She said, can I ask you a question? I said, yeah. She says, does this pussy taste like pumpkin pie? Made me mad as hell. Don't oh, ask me no damn question like that. I ain't never had no pumpkin pie. Kick ass! You don't understand. tired of this shit! I ain't scared of you motherfuckers. When you make love to a black woman, I'm going to tell you how you do it. You got to be good. I'm not talking about myself. Because you know a fuck ain't number 50 pumps. Count it if you ain't got nothing to do. It ain't number five minutes, but the full play make it seem longer. But you get a woman, black woman, man, I'm going to tell you something. I don't care how meek that woman is, how soft-spoken she is. If you're giving her the dick. <laughs> Whatever wrong with you, she gonna let you know. You can have a patch on your eye, your leg could be broke. If you get up there, she be like, Shh. woo! Shit. You patch-eyed motherfucker. You broke leg, son of a bitch. You know you in this motherfucker. Kick ass! And you know what's funny when you make love to a woman and she on top and the phone ring, that's some funny shit. When she on the phone ring, man, every time she, you know, the phone be ring, 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 you get cool and shit. Ring, baby, don't answer. Ring, uh, I gotta answer. Ring, uh, baby, don't answer. Ring, uh, it might be a job. Mm. And every time, you know, she's picking up the phone, start fiddle-filing with you. know. When she pick it up every time she started to talk, give her the dick. <laughs> She'll be like, hey, hello. What, <laughs> what, 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 what? What, oh, what, what, what I'm doing? This is when you get it. What I'm doing?
6: Nice. So, <laughs> man.
5: But I love my black people. I'm gonna tell you something, but we gotta stop the violence. We gotta vote. Stop the violence and vote. Because I did a show in Chicago. <laughs> I mean that. Stop this violence. I was in Chicago, I did a show for Cook County Jail. And you know, over 40% of the brothers in jail for nothing. And they had a little survey, little panel thing. We got to ask the inmates question, you know. So I asked the inmate. I said, uh, hey, my brother, what you in for? He said, nothing. <laughs> brothers got this thing about being a punk. What is a punk? I never did understand that for the sake of my life. He said, nothing. That's how long you in for? He said, ever? <laughs> now you know for a long time. You take the four off that motherfucker. I said, so what you in for? I, you know, I ain't no punk. I didn't tell on my boy. I said, what? You in jail for no, motherfucker? No, you ain't no punk. <laughs> you a new fool. Because I'd be damn if I served time for any of you motherfuckers. I'd be in court just like this. <laughs> just be like, who are you? I'd be like, punk. <laughs> Yana, he killed that motherfucker. Shot him in the head full time, kicked him in the face. I tried to call you, but the line was busy. I'm going to knock him out of here.
6: <laughs> Get Bernie, give him a round, give
4: him a round of applause, God damn. Another one, Bernie Mac, Bernie Mac, Chicago, Illinois.
1: And adding to the danger on our streets and highways, missing signs and what city controller Harrison Golden is calling poor maintenance of traffic signals and signs. is costing the city a bundle. And as Milton Lewis found in his own one-man survey today, the system could use some- How p-
2: long have those lights been inoperative? Over three months. They've not been working? Right. These non-functioning lights at Jackson Street and FDR Drive are typical of faulty traffic signals, according to controller Harrison Golden. He reports that such defects, including faulty and missing signs, are causing problems. In Greenwich Village, there are homemade cardboard street signs at the intersection of Waverley Place and Perry Street. Month and a half. It's been up that long? That long. What happened to the original sign? I don't
7: know, I think someone stole it because uh, now they are valuable items now that they're replacing all the
2: street signs in Manhattan. Faulty traffic lights can cause accidents. Today, for instance, at First Avenue and 61st Street, green and amber, but no red. At 60th and Columbus, red and amber, but no green. And a problem at 71st and 3rd. You can see the lights are working right now, see? Yeah, but doesn't this control it in any way? Yes, it does. This is the control box. This controls the traffic lights. And the control box is on its back. Yes, but you can get it to work on its back. Traffic signs of all sorts have a way of falling on pedestrians, who sue, of course, and washed out signs cause problems. Then there are streets without signs, such as at the intersection of 6th Avenue and Manetta Lane in the village. Those street signs have been missing for uh, quite a few weeks. Oh really, almost a month. There's a parking sign up here. But what does it say?
8: I think it's Chinese or something, I don't know.
9: (laughs) I really don't know.
2: Actually, that graffiti-covered sign reads, no parking from 8 a.m. to 11 a.m., Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. What does that sign say?
9: Nothing. Beg pardon? Nothing. Nothing. Nothing? Nothing. 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 You know who put that on there? Oh, A bunch of these cops put on there. You really think so? Because that's the only cars. Really? Sure.
2: Now listen to this. Would transit authority cops be so bold as to paint out a sign so that they can park their private cars at will? Oh, I find that terribly hard to believe. And yet, and yet, I do wonder what would happen if somebody who was not a TA cop Try to park on the west side of Central Park West between 60th and 61st streets. I wonder indeed, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Bill.
1: We want you to know that Milton answers all his own angry mail.
10: Nigeria, in somewhere called Ibadan, and uh, my, my name is, uh, my actual, my true Nigerian name, or the true Nigerian pronunciation, or as close as I can get to it, is Fola uh, Shade, which means crowning glory, and uh, it was abbreviated, I could have been actually called Fola, which is like a prefix, which is like quite a common prefix, in fact, or I could have, or or I could have been called Shade and I was called Shade. Shade, really. But in England everybody goes Shade. In America people tend to go Shardet. <laughs> when it comes to writing songs, I think I could be anywhere. I mean, uh, to Inspiration doesn't come from sitting on a beach somewhere and and trying to write a song. I mean, inspiration, or songs at least, come from moments of inspiration that can arise out of just about any situation you could ever find yourself in, from the most mundane to the most magical sort of situation. If our music has to be uh, labelled, then I would say, more than anything, it was soul. But uh, We have our own uh, feeling and our own sound. Uh, that, that, that comes from many things, possibly that have, uh, have subconsciously influenced us all, and we don't consciously try and make any songs or, or records or that sound like anything or, or anybody. But uh, possibly, if you, would, if you were to say, yeah, uh, was there any one major influence? It should be solved. because I think that's maybe the common denominator. If I wasn't singing, I'm really not too sure what I'd be doing because. Now I am singing. I can't imagine a life without it, you know, because it is very much—I mean, everything that I do completely dominates my life. When you, I think, when you're a singer, there isn't an awful lot else in your life. It sounds miserable and, and dismal and depressing, but it's not. At times it can be, of course. It's not all uh, wine and roses, but um, I can't really imagine doing anything else. I'm sure. Uh, I would be trying i would be doing something i would be trying to do something but i can't specifically say there's any one thing i i really dream about doing
1: now before the hour of eight o'clock and we have a eyes wise gene shallot over there who is always shining and brilliant
11: good morning and welcome to the critics corner thank you willard Stanley Kubrick's new film, The Shining, based on Stephen King's novel, opens today. After a year of buildup, is a letdown. The Shining is a horror picture. It cost 18 million dollars. That's part of the horror. The rest is the wasting of excellent performances by Jack Nicholson and Shelley Duvall, and the gall of calling it a masterpiece in the advance ads. Kubrick has confused horror with shock. A whack in the belly with an axe is shock, and in this case, telegraph shock. Horror is in the mind. Horror is suspense. Horror is anticipation and twisted realization. Horror is caring about the people in danger. All of these horrors are missing from The Shining, although I am left with some satisfying impressions. Two little girls in Starks' blue, right out of a Diane Arbus photo, a Dorian Gray woman riding before our eyes, Shelley Duval's frenzied eyes darting with helplessness, a dream of a bartender, and surely Jack Nicholson's remarkable face with which he projects cruelty, madness, and off-the-wall caroms of intent. His eyes roll into white or narrow into knavery. His smile can be warm, false, condescending, or sinister, laced with a storm-warning flick of the tongue. For The Shining to work, you must forget you're in a movie. You must be absorbed into another world. You must be made willing to discard reality. But Kubrick keeps reminding us that it's only a movie. He does this by interrupting the story with full-screen titles like 8 AM or Tuesday. They're meaningless. In The Shining, a teacher with a background of violence, awash, and alcohol, takes a job as a winter caretaker of an isolated mountain hotel in Colorado. Alone in this vast, snow-blocked resort are the teacher, his wife, and the little boy. The little boy has an imaginary friend named Tony. He says he lives in his mouth, and he can foretell the future and reflect the past. Will the isolation drive this man berserk? Well, if a yes answer is not self-evident, why did they make the movie? So, since there is no primary surprise, Kubrick must grab us with how it happens, with the tension-building interplay of man, woman, and child. But, despite the excellent efforts of Nicholson and Duval, and a nice turn by scatman Crothers, the picture never gets a grip on its goal, and that goal is to get us in its grasp. Were it not for Kubrick's lofty reputation, this would all be dismissed with a shrug. But because of his reputation, and because of his past record of achievement, the film is an immense disappointment. Sad to say, Stanley Kubrick is responsible for the dulling of The Shining. That's the Critics' Corner this morning. A station break. Right now, I'm with my main man,
12: Buckmaster Flex from WBLS. This is one of the baddest DJs in New York on WBLS 107.5. Give it a holiday shout-out to the crowd out there.
6: Something cool at the election party. We in
4: there and I'm out. up!
12: Yo, Flex, why don't you rock a video? Why don't you rock the next video on the show, all right?
4: All right, which one is it? Oh,
12: Any video you want to see?
6: Oh, I want to see. Oh, no. Oh. Yeah, I want to see. So what you saying? An oh, old dope video? Oh. Yeah, can I see it? Oh, we got it. All right.
10: On oh, Video Music
12: 5. Word, Word.
1: Tuscan Low Fat Frozen Yogurt presents Buddy Hackett. He'll
2: knock three times? He's here. Here are the Tuscan Pops. Tuscan Pops? Tuscan low-fat frozen yogurt on a stick, vanilla, chocolate, strawberry, plain and chocolate-coated. Hide them. What do I want with Tuscan Pops? Because Tuscan Pops are lower in calories than ice cream, and much lower in fat. If the authorities come, get rid of the evidence.
8: You may never eat ice cream again. Uh, Our next guest is the Academy Award-nominated director of The Elephant Man and Blue Velvet and, of course, the guy uh, responsible for Twin Peaks over there at ABC. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the program David Lynch. David! David! For being on the program i uh for years and years i've in- enjoyed your movies they're always entertaining really interestingly entertaining and usually in a different in a different sense a
9: hair different yeah, yeah.
8: now let's oh hey how do you get that elf to talk backwards let me get that out of the I way i heard that
9: it's uh he talks backwards he talked backwards in high school uh-huh. yeah and that's it that's it yeah i mean i didn't know he talked backwards and i asked him uh to get ready to talk backwards, and uh, he said, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> well, now, did he, did he really say no problem, or did he say that backwards? Uh, he said it that
8: forwards. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Tell us now what is happening with the, with the show. It's been on ABC now for two years, and it, when it came on, it was like one of the most talked about, uh, most highly rated shows of all time. So where do we stand now?
9: Well, we've been, uh, those popularity polls, we've been decreasing in them. Uh, steadily. Mm-hmm. And um, there may be lots of reasons but it doesn't make any difference. Now we're sort of in trouble and we think uh, that we have a good show and right. we can do well on a weeknight because we feel very strongly that the people who like Twin Peaks are party people. They well, enjoy well, what does it. that mean exactly? Let's they are not home on Saturday night. Oh I see they're they out and they, they make they, they don't want to be home on Saturday right. night. And um and so to have the show on that would be wrong. Right. So which night,
8: if you had to select one for yourself, or if you could select one for yourself, what would it be?
9: I don't uh, know enough about the lineup, <laughs> but I've heard that Wednesday at 10 is a, is a prime uh, <laughs> slide. <laughs> Just a hunch on your part.
8: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, you know, the truth of it is, if you stop and think about it, it seems like the, it might be the kind of show that would be, you know, kind of have a limited run. And then would become yes. a classic forever, forever. That's okay too. Yeah. If
9: if it has to end, you know that's that's all, all right. But if it doesn't have to end, that's that's even better. Mm-hmm. And I'm asking people to write to Bob Iger, the president of ABC. Uh-huh. And if I could, I could give uh, the oh, address. Oh yes, yes, please do. Nice I love annoying these uh, network you. weasels.
8: Even if it's not this network, let's just annoy some okay. network weasel yep. here tonight. Uh, yes. <laughs>
9: It's very difficult to write a letter. People say, okay, I'll write a letter, but when it comes down to it, it's hard, and I understand that. But if they could write a letter to Bob Iger... Bob
8: Iger. E-I-G-E-R.
9: I-G-E-R. I-G-E-R. Okay, Bob Iger. ABC Television, 77 West 66th Street. Right. New York, 10023. Okay. Do you have his phone number there? I don't have his phone number. (laughs) Do you know this guy? Yes, he's a real good guy. And is he on your side? He is. Yeah, okay. But he needs to know... uh certain things from the people yeah you know this
8: is uh, here here lately they've saved a lot of shows like this Cagney and Lacey was one um and then you know several others I can't remember right this now. is true <laughs> yeah uh but uh, but I have to believe that you're the kind of person that if this does uh, not turn out the way you would like it to turn out that you have several other projects right now that you're in the middle of don't you
9: I do um uh we have a new show a half hour show called on the air that we hope will be on the air I'm shooting a pilot for that soon mm-hmm. and I'm going to finally be able to do this film I've been trying to do called Ronnie Rocket. Ronnie Rocket? now. Ronnie Rocket. Well,
8: tell us of Ronnie Rocket. What is that?
9: It's um, the absurd mystery of the strange forces of existence. <laughs> yeah. And um, that's, that's... Who might be in that? Well, little Mike, uh, Michael Anderson, will be Ronnie Rocket. Uh-huh. And Ronnie Rocket is uh, three and a half feet tall. Wow. Uh, and, and you uh, also,
8: in a couple of episodes on the Twin Peaks, you've appeared yourself, haven't you? I have. Yeah. I've had... Um, a uh, great uh, time doing it. Shall we show the people this? Do we have any of that footage? Yeah. Do you know Rune Arledge over there at ABC? No, sir, I don't. Oh man, if you ever, ever meet this man, ask to see his cuffling collection. That's all I'm going <laughs> to <laughs> Um Okay. So this this is David Lynch now in his very own creation, and you're playing
9: a sheriff, right? I'm
8: playing Agent uh, Cooper's supervisor. Right. If, I'm, if I'm, I'm his
9: supervisor in the Federal Bureau of Investigation. Okay.
8: Here we go. A couple of seconds from Twin Peaks, David Lynch.
9: Agent Dale Cooper Gordon, I hope you haven't been waiting too long. I didn't just get here. I've been waiting the whole afternoon to see you Gordon, what can I do for you? No matter whatsoever. No apology necessary. Gave me a chance to meet the local law enforcement team a great bunch Cooper You remind me today of a small Mexican chihuahua (laughs) Can I speak to you a moment in private Coop? of course Gordon Harry, can we use your office? You might ask the sheriff if we could use his office. Go right ahead. Follow me, Gordon. That's very funny.
8: That's... It's kind of a confident, dumb guy with a little hearing uh, disorder. A very bad, 99% hearing
9: loss. Yeah. <laughs> but
8: <laughs> uh, what, uh, what were you like as a, as a child? Is there anything in your background that would suggest what you've uh, arisen to here?
9: No, sir. Really? No. It's, um, I. No. <laughs> uh, do you have brothers and sisters? I have a brother and a sister. And then what do they do? My, my brother uh, is responsible for all... <laughs>
8: <laughs> You're making something up now, aren't no, you? Yes, you are. This won't be true. responsible for
9: all the electrical wiring of the government buildings in the state of Washington. Oh, he is not. He is. He <laughs> yes. installed all of the electrical well, wiring? No, he um, has... It's been done before he was born, a lot of it. But he, in the new wiring, he, uh, he's responsible for it. <laughs> <laughs> so,
8: if a fuse goes, we call
9: your brother... Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and you said you have uh, a sister. Yeah, and what does she do? She's a financial planner. Oh, well, there you go. That yeah. sounds pretty good. It's a good thing to yeah.
8: have. Yeah. Uh, and you're off now to what? You're going uh, back to California? Tomorrow. Oh, good for you. Have yeah. a great trip. Good luck Thanks with the program. A good luck with your future projects. And it was a great thrill to meet you finally. David, David
7: it's Lynch. great to see uh, you. We'll be right back here.
1: Got to volunteer. The body is on the way. Sure. Old Detroit
13: has a cancer. <laughs> cancer is crime. In a robe.
8: As you know, we've entered into a contract with the city to run local law enforcement.
1: We were able to save the left arm.
8: What?
11: I thought we agreed on total body prosthesis. Now lose the arm, okay? We get the best of both worlds. Onboard computer-assisted memory and a lifetime of on-the-street law enforcement programming.
12: Hey, Lewis, it's Supercop.
11: This guy is really good.
12: He's not a guy, he's a machine.
11: What are they gonna do, replace us?
12: Murphy,
14: it's you.
1: Go get him, boy. Thank you. You have the right to remain silent. Ah! You have the right to an attorney. Anything you say may be used against you. You better back up, pal! Your move, creep. The future of law enforcement. Robocop. Thank you for your cooperation.
12: Greg Nice. Greg Nice is in the house. Holiday shout-outs. We're giving all kind of holiday shout-outs here. And uh, we're just about out of here. We're going to get... My man, Greg Nyson, what's up, man? Yo, we're giving holiday shoutouts, man. Anybody want to say happy holidays? You can't get nicer, you can't get smoother. Word up, I want to say Merry Christmas and a Happy
5: New Year. To all the ladies. And And my brother Slick Rick. My brother, I'm with
12: you all All the way, my brother. We're going to do this. Peace and love. Holiday shout-outs is in the house.
6: Your dungeon master has placed you in a dreadfully precarious
1: position. You're playing the most phenomenal game ever created. Your skin grows cold from your first glimpse of the enormous beast. It's a product of your imagination. Survival depends on a quick, decisive move. Your choices are limited. Stand and fight or run. Use your lightning bolt. Victory is yours. Win the treasure. TSR Hobbies. Dungeons and Dragons games. Products of your imagination.
7: Some time ago, the wire services and newspapers carried a story out of San Francisco describing the first satanic wedding ceremony ever performed. The pictures showed a nude woman lying on the altar behind the guest, whom you see now, the Reverend Anton Zandor LeVay, who is the founder and high priest of the First Church of Satan. Anton Zandor LeVay uses uh, as somewhat of a credo this timeless quote, Remember, evil backwards spells live <laughs> somehow that never occurred to me never occurred to me until one of my <laughs> disciples brought it forth and i imagine uh it's uh, quite true with many of us how often do you have, you have to shave your head to make uh, it shiny like a devil i have to put vaseline on it as well to keep it shiny i shave it once a day can i give a plug is that for the, the odor you're giving off now vaseline no that'll fool me that's musk that's, that's, that's the goatee scent you smell. For sure it's not frankincense and myrrh. No. Now, what is this uh, ring you're wearing here? looks like it's weighing your hand down. Well, no, it's a magical ring. It is? I have little children rub it, make a wish, and it comes true. Little children come near you? Of course. Mm-hmm. <laughs> little they, children they, and animals. What kind of a wish did that ring ever make come true? Well, I would say uh, a great many wishes. But... We won't go into them. Now, you call yourself a satanic priest. Yes. Is that the opposite of God? No, because Satan is a god, too. Mm-hmm. Well, what are you, then, the, uh, the dirty pope or what? Oh, I guess you could call me that if you want to say the black pope or the dirty pope or the, the uh, advocate of, for example, the kingdom of night or darkness. No one's ever come forth so far and spoken up for the devil. Everybody that's made rules and regulations concerning the devil or the devil's work, the devil's activities, have been people that have been very righteous people. People during crusades. People. Well, I'm that... not too righteous, but on the other hand, I think you're a bit of a dingling, Let's face it. Were see. you ever a religious fellow? Uh, I would say not particularly. You're a young man. How I'm a you? religious fellow now, though. How old are you? I'm 36. 36. Who ordained you a satanic priest? I would say probably I received the call. <laughs> Just as any fundamentalist well, most of us do, but we fight it. Why <laughs> fight it? This is, of course, the whole principle of my religion. Is all of the. What you mean you received the call? You mean one day the devil said, "Go out, Anton Zandor Leve." And give people hell. (laughs) Huh? Is that what happened? That's about it. That's about it. Because people like to have a hell of a time, don't they? Well, of course, there are all kinds of definitions of that. (laughs) Well, now... Now, I don't, you know, I mean, to, to marry two people without a license in front of a naked babe lying up on an altar, I don't know what that is. Well, seriously, there are explanations for these things. And how I started was as a result of... Uh, various reverse forms of therapy. I haven't been a satanic priest all my life, as you probably gathered. You've probably been an inmate part of your life. Well, uh, an inmate in possibly a pretty big institution. Are you at all afraid that someday, after you get through this big put-on, you know, with your little red yo-yo and your big fat ring <laughs> and your shiny bald head, that when they do pack you away, yeah, now, it, wait it, a if minute. there's any justice, you know, you've got to really get it. Yes, sir. Are you planning on training a lot of little devils? Only those that wish to become little devils. Are you married? Oh, yes. You have any little devils? Oh, yes, I have two. Are you going to raise them as satanic kids? Certainly, but not to go around chopping people up or sacrificing human beings, just to... uh... That would be the greatest reward of all if your kid some night... Would creep in and set fire to you and your lion. Well, no, huh? no. And then hey. dance around with pitchfork and say, "Look
3: at Daddy! Look at Daddy!" Huh?
7: Now, if you sleep with your lion, where does Mrs. Devil sleep? Oh, uh, well, she sleeps with the lion too. You see, not between us though. Oh, the lion's on one side. Makes for a nice grouping. I don't like. I don't believe in she- separating church and state. There's some people in the dock who would like to speak to you. We'll be going to the dock and the devil after these
6: words.
7: (laughs) Well, listen, our time's all up. I'd like to tell you where to go, but you'd enjoy it. Oh, that's good. (laughs) We'll be back with another guest after these words. Stand (laughs) by.
1: Time to make the donuts introducing a big idea from a giant in the business the world's smallest donuts Ta-da! in new dunkin donut cereal you get delicious crunchy little donuts by the hundreds all your favorite donut shapes rings holes and twists you can choose rich chocolate or glazed donut flavors or both as part of a nutritious breakfast dunkin donut cereal crunchy little donuts great big taste time to eat the donuts
4: are you ready well,
12: let me tell you something. This homeboy and this homegirl are on the spot. Let me ask you something. What's your name?
0: Dino. Where are you from? Money making Manhattan. And your name?
10: Rosemary.
0: And where are you from?
5: Money making Manhattan.
0: You all look kind of fresh. Tell me something about your fashion. What are you wearing? What are these shoes?
5: These are a pair of adidas with fat laces. That's the way we sport them.
0: What do you call the fashion overall? Fresh. Word, word. Let me ask you something. What about your fashion? What about your look? How do you describe it? I call it, you know, B-boy threads in the way. I got a k- Kangol, one, a pair of gazelles, a pair of white on white Adidas with fat
12: laces. How you rock your hat, man? How do you rock it? I sport it fresh, out. homes. Word, word.
10: But true love is no, I
0: crazy
12: fresh.
6: Yeah, Hulk Hogan, I remember way back when, when the mega powers were bonded, yeah. You made a lot of promises to the Macho Man, didn't you? Promises that you didn't keep. I remember one specific one, yeah. You promised that Elizabeth would never be in a dangerous position. You broke that promise, didn't you, Hulk Hogan? And who had to come in and make that critical save? The Macho Man, Randy Savage, covering for Hogan again. I can't believe it moving! Oh, no. when it's absolutely necessary when you're down out. That's the kind of rules I play by. But you, you play by different rules. Yeah, you gotta get in your grandstanding and, and your hot-dogging, don't you? Yeah! I remember a time when I wrestled the king, too. And in fact, I had men on the outside of the ring, just like you! The only difference was I was doing real good, yeah. I was styling out there like a champion, yeah. But guess who shows up for no reason at all to get his grandstanding and hot dogging in. You man, you Hulk Hogan, yeah, you just couldn't stand to sit back with your feet up and watch the champion in action. Well, look at this, prima donna.
4: Randy Shavans connects with the album. We're the count Two on,
3: no, look at that. Macho has got Hulk Hogan.
6: Hogan with a scoop, a slam. Are you a hot dog, a grandstander, a showboat, and a prima donna? But you're a liar too. In fact, I remember a time where we stood in front of the man that does nothing but lie, Brother Love, and you told some of the biggest lies that I've ever heard of in my whole life. I love him like a brother. It's a lie, Hulk Hogan, and that's enough to get me hot. But what you said to Elizabeth is enough to get me to the boiling point yeah i love elizabeth oh kogan you say you love elizabeth i got news for you man Yeah, i got news for you elizabeth is gonna be in the corner of the macho man randy savage at wrestlemania five yeah and let me tell you something you say you love me like a brother well listen to this whole kogan i hate you i hate your guts and that's what's gonna be left all over the mat after WrestleMania
12: five we got de la soul over on this side here if i can get his attention come on over here man we definitely ready to run out of here we having a good time what's up man <laughs>
5: more albums, right? We ain't making
12: no more albums. We doing, we doing, we doing do something new with these brothers, chosen few, right?
5: these right, my boys, right? don't show
4: your face, don't show your face. These are the brothers. Yeah, yo, yo, Chatella is sit. dead. We're going do a
12: shit. Dead. Let, Let you. me tell you. So Let me tell so so you. You, call me. you call me. Try to so call Quest in the house. Try to call Quest in the house. Try Quest in the house. You, can't can't call, call you on Jeopardy. You can't curse on TV. Yo, this is TV. I got to say one thing. I got to. I got to. There's only one way to start this. The first person to contact me when I came back to Late Night was this man to congratulate me and to say. He will be here, save me at night. Thank you, dude. You've always been a good friend. Thank you. Always. And, and here's the interesting thing. Do you have a cell phone?
0: <laughs>
12: no. See, I'm always shocked when I hear from you. Yeah. Uh,
0: but how do you survive in this world without a cell phone? Everybody I know has one.
12: Oh. <laughs> you are uh, you're in social media. You you have an Instagram account, a Twitter account now.
0: Um, I'm trying to get Prince to Instagram.
12: Um, you actually—I saw a selfie of you, or—or or it was yours, I should say. Yeah, I did that. Before. Yeah, that, that was your first. Yeah. Yes. Um, that was it. Uh, how, how would how would you? Uh, y- yeah. What, what do we title that selfie? Um, one. <laughs> one. That's what. Uh, let's let's talk about titles your favorite
0: title in the Prince catalog. What's your favorite song? Turns you on every time you do it. I usually answer by saying the next one. Mm -hmm. But there is a song that uh, we've just written uh, called The Breakdown. Mm -hmm. One of the things that we try to do though is wait until we have other songs that go together with our favorites. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's why it takes a long time to come out with albums these days. Yes. Because, you know, not being under contract, there's no rush to do anything.
12: Yeah. If you weren't, <laughs> they like that. They yeah. like you having your freedom, I think. If you weren't Prince, what would you do for a living, you know? <laughs> I mean, because I know there was a point where you maybe thought about something else. What would you do? Well, uh... I can't see you at the bank, you know? <laughs> Even though all the ladies would be in his line, you know.
0: (laughs) Um, When I was uh, 16, Uh I was completely broke and needed to go get a job, so I got the Yellow Pages out and I couldn't find one thing that I wanted to do, so I decided I was going to push as hard as I could to be a musician and win at it, you know.
12: Do you watch any of the shows that bring new musicians
0: to the American public? Not so much. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I am. Um, you know, talking about the voice and uh, Idol, you know, the whole genre? Yeah, I was, I was watching a show with uh, Esperanza Spaulding, who's mm-hmm. a friend of mine. <laughs> and uh, she, we were both sitting there quiet, we were watching at each other and then she says, are you rearranging the music right now in your head? <laughs> no. And then she said, so am I. So it's really hard to watch other musicians because you tend to, you know, it's like a painting you want to make straight or whatever. You just hear music like you hear it. It doesn't mean that, you know, what they're doing isn't of merit. It's mm-hmm. just, I just hear music differently. Now I've met It seems like
12: a hundred musicians today here with you. What do you look for in musicians (laughs) these days?
0: Um, I was thinking about your question a second ago. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I'd want to teach in some capacity if I didn't.
6: There's
0: there's There's a lot of fine musicians in the group right now and I'm learning from them. So as much as I'd like to teach, I also like to learn. Yeah. yeah. Um, is, there, is there a huge vault of
12: material that you've created that we've never even heard? And, and how do you make oh, those oh. choices? Because I'd like to hear everything that you pin. Yeah. You know, just, just to hear
0: it. <laughs> you would look different when it was finished. <laughs> it takes a long time. There's a lot of music down there.
12: Like, like how many songs? I have no
0: idea. Yeah. yeah. I don't go back in time and listen to it like I did. I worked on it and brought it as far as I could right then. A lot of it I didn't even finish. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of the bootlegs that are out right now, they are unfinished, unmixed. You know, sometimes they change lyrics. And again, you wait until, you know, you can find other things to go with it. Um, we live in a singles-driven market, but, you know, I come from the old school making albums, and that's what I love. Like. <laughs>
12: You seem to have uh, somewhat of a, a love-hate battle going on with technology. Uh, I know you haven't always loved the internet. Uh, how are you seeing progress right now with all of that? Can you use it to your advantage?
0: Um, it's a double-edged sword. You know, A lot of artists aren't getting paid full scale for their art and the internet, because of downloading and things like that, is kind of like a black hole and it's hard to audit it's hard to get accounting and it's not that it's just about the money but it's about justice and fairness and when people say that they love you and they respect you but at the same time take you know 80% of your earnings then and then expect you to fix your own communities and they'll probably edit all of this out but all right. All right. Then it gets, that's that's the sharp part of the sword, and we're at the wrong end of it right now. So eventually, with courageous people going out there and actually saying something and standing up for it, I think we'll get some balance. Um,
12: We've watched you evolve over the years, not only as a musician, but as a man. And uh, I wonder sometimes when you look back at old material, like I've looked at so much in the last 24 hours to prepare for this. Do you look back at old stuff, risque stuff, and, and want to separate yourself from it?
0: Well, you know, when you're 20 years old, you're looking for the ledge. You know, you want to see how far you can uh, push everything. Mm-hmm. And um, as an artist, I just went there just to find it. And then you make changes. You know, 30 years ago, I, There's a lot of things I don't do now that I did 30 Mm -hmm. years ago, and some things I still do.
12: Yeah,
14: yeah.
12: (laughs) Oh, now when you said that, the first thing I flashed back on is, gosh, he—he's such, he's Prince. I know that. I get all that. But he's—he's also like this 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 normal brother you hang with. I remember a time, and if I have to take this out, you tell me I have to take this out. Uh, But I remember one time. We went down the way south of Wilshire to an after-hours spot and hung out and partied. That's something that mm-hmm. we'll probably <laughs> 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 I get. You know, I, I mean, I, I have a son now, and 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 uh, Congratulations. You, but, yes, sir. Yes, sir. And uh, we were, there were so many things that, that that we did back then. Remember that house? We were sitting in a house and it vaguely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was like they take you in and they chain the door and it's a pit bull and uh, they give you a drink and a paper cup and he wouldn't touch nothing. He <laughs> he just sat.
0: Well, we in somebody's kitchen or yes, something. Like yes. Yes. Yeah.
12: yeah. <laughs> It was crazy, and Prince was sitting in this house. He wouldn't drink nothing, he wouldn't touch nothing, and he was trying not to breathe. He had a cane. <laughs> if, if he could have got oxygen out that cane,
6: <laughs>
12: we could have stayed longer. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like, but just just normal, good times as, as, as young brothers experiencing success. It is
1: midnight at the Sherlock Holmes Real Estate Development. Hello, Batman. You're a rare lady, Catwoman. You're right on time. I'm rare. In more ways than that. I'm glad you decided to surrender. We would have caught you eventually. Do you think so? Certainly there's no escaping the inexorable law of justice. Shall we go?
6: Must we? So soon?
1: I thought that, well, you know, perhaps we might get to know each other a little better. I would think that we know each other well enough by now. Don't run away, Batman.
6: I won't bite.
1: I'm not afraid of you, Catwoman. I'm, I'm, uh, you're very beautiful, Catwoman. Yes, you're quite right. I am. Your propinquity could make a man forget himself. I don't know what that means, but it sure sounds nice. I refer to the nearness of you. Batman! Batman! Throw caution to the winds. I mean, after all, we are two adult human beings and uh, we're both interested in the same thing happiness. I can give you more happiness than anyone in the world. How do you propose to do that? By being your partner in life. I mean, it's me and you against the world. Oh. What about Robin? Well, i have him killed painlessly well he is a bit of a boy with his holy this and holy that does it catwoman i thought you had a modicum of decency but i see that i erred in my judgment you're supposed to fall on the floor you're attractive catwoman but not that attractive put in a double dose of eau de chat that poisonous perfume you should have been dead 30 seconds ago uh-huh. Uh-huh. So. All of this lovey dovey business was just a trick. Why aren't you riding in pain? I had a hunch that you'd try something not quite kosher. I've been wearing bat plugs up my nose. I've been breathing nothing but clean, fresh air sans eau de chat parfum. You cheated.
12: Tribe Called Quest, holiday shout-outs. Yo, we just want
5: to say peace to the world. We just came home from Europe, and I let Europe know they're not forgotten. And anyone
12: else is peace to everybody. we out like Margaret Thatcher.
6: Thanks.
12: (laughs) Video Music Box, we just about out of here. We're going to see everybody later. As you can see, it's starting to break down. Pete Rock is in the house. Yo, Pete, you got any holiday shout outs, man? I want to say what's up to my family at home, my little brother, DJ Eddie FCL Smooth, my man Huff Daddy
5: over here, the whole Mount Vernon Fosse, in effect, you know what I'm saying? My man Dio, Heavy D, Trouble T Roy, rest in peace. I love you, everybody. Peace.
4: Chicago. A man is about to get on a routine flight. Suddenly he pauses. He doesn't know why he has got to walk away. An hour later, the plane goes down in flames. It's dismissed as chance. Britain. A woman has a sudden image of a black mountain that's moving, with children trapped underneath it. Two hours later, a Welsh schoolhouse is buried in an avalanche of coal slag. It's dismissed as coincidence. Northern Texas. An unidentified flying object is reported by at least a dozen people. Although there were no storms in the area, it's dismissed as lightning. Now, Time Life Books announces an important new library, Mysteries of the Unknown. A series that explores the most controversial phenomena of our time, and tells you everything that can be known. The Midwest. A mother feels a sharp pain in her right hand. Far away at that exact same moment, her daughter screams as she touches a hot pan. Just chance? Or is it telling us something about our own untapped capabilities? Mysteries of the Unknown goes deeper into unexplained phenomena than ever before. It documents the facts and uncovers what people were never willing to talk about. Stonehenge. A visitor fashions a wire antenna in the shape of an ancient Egyptian symbol. He points it at the stones and a surge of power rushes into his arm, knocking him unconscious. Was it all in his mind, or was it much more than that? To experience Mysteries of the Unknown, Examine your first volume, Mystic Places, for 10 days free. Then decide if you want to dismiss it. To order
8: your first book, Mystic Places, call 1-800-532-1100. Examine it for 10 days. Keep it a page just $12.99 plus $2.98 shipping and handling. Other books will follow. One about every other month. Keep only the ones you want. Cancel at any time. Call 1-800-532-1100.
10: In release news, Danzig has finally lined up a European release date for his U.S. hit single, Mother. The 1994 live version of this 1988 song will be issued on the 18th of April. We caught up with Glenn Danzig in his Los Angeles home to talk about the surprise success of Mother, second time around, and loads of other things.
14: For so many years, people were scared to play our stuff. And all of a sudden, they're saying, oh, it's like Much Ado About Nothing. It's like, you know, gee, this isn't that scary. Mother,
5: tell your children not to walk my
14: I remember when tell I wrote Mother, to... I said, this is the song I always wanted to write. It's powerful. It's like, you know, it's incredible. And I guess maybe at the time it was just a little too powerful and too incredible because... Uh, it scared a lot of people. You know, at that time, the PMRC was in full swing, and it was basically what that was about. about me, all the throw on the Demon Sweat Live, the four live songs we recorded at Irvine Meadows last year, or well, two years ago on the How the Gods Kill tour. We played in front of 13,000 plus people and a lot of the bands that do get airplay and were the big bands of the time couldn't sell that place out we oversold that place that was kind of a big uh, middle finger to everybody you get some band who just wrote satan satan kill kill murder murder okay sure you know a kid is gonna love that okay but you know is there anything there no it's n- there's nothing there so that- uh, what I'd rather do is scratch the surface and delve into it, you know, and, you know, let people decide for themselves.
8: Speaking of the forces of evil, Glenn Banzig was sleeping peacefully at home in Los Angeles last month when the big L.A. earthquake hit. So we had him give us a
14: tour of the devastation. When the earthquake hit, basically I was sleeping and I got woken up when a bunch of dressers fell on my head. Yeah, and I cut my nose and uh, my legs have got all screwed up. And, uh, but anyway, I just wrote it out. But the house was going like a fun house, like this. And uh, my house rocked back three inches away from its uh, foundation. And I had to have it all shored up. Here's some of the damage from the earthquake. This is my weight room. And you can pan But my stained glass windows came off. Which wasn't too cool. I've never been through anything like that in my life. I've been shot at, stabbed, you name it. And it wasn't so much the earthquake, it's the afterwards. It's like, you know, you can't really do anything to control nature. Nature does what it wants. This is another thing I kind of write about where, you know, you can try and control the world, but you really can't.
10: And Danzig is currently working on a new studio album, which will be released in the summer, to coincide with a major headlining tour of Europe. But for tonight we
5: These are the boys. These are the boys.
10: What's up? What's From the up? group
5: KMD. KMD Zevlovex is in the house. Black in the just, house, just role, stage, manager. role manager. Peace and Peach Fuzz, 1990. Ripped it. Yo, my little brother Dim here, he see he got his Peach Fuzz, you know you what I'm saying? Man? Word up. Yeah, in the house.
12: You guys did a great show tonight, we're really happy. You know, we're honored that Video Music Box could be here to see this, because this is history. Yeah. We're aware of this, this is history. Why don't you use some shout outs for Christmas right there to the fans out there in Video Music Box.
5: Yo, happy holidays to all of y'all. Peace and Peach Fuzz, for for 1990.
3: Yo, what's up, big kid? What's, what's up? up? that's had a chance to go out in front the top of this 10th inning Right there to try and stop
13: Eric Davis. Boy, they're still going at it.
3: That's Kevin Mitchell at the bottom of that. John pile. Denny's right on top of him. And there's another guy you don't want to fool around with. Denny is a karate expert. Boy, he is really. There's Bill Gullickson. Gary Carter trying to calm Denny down. When there was contact between Ray Knight and Eric Davis. Eric trying to stay on the base. Look at the area around third
13: base. It looks like a hockey match like they dropped their gloves. Everybody dropped their hats and their gloves and just went at it. And there you see it. It looks like we're on the ice
3: and lucky you got a quick shot of Eric Davis and Tommy Helms and Tommy a pretty good battler in his day has Davis completely removed from the scene of the action. Watch Davis, here's where it started. He breaks for third. He easily beats the throw by Gary Carter. Now watch the contact. The elbow,
13: the shove from Knight, and here comes the right cross. Bingo. That was a direct hit. And Knight's getting rid of the glove, the baseball, and he wants that, Eric Davis. Meantime, there comes Eddie Milner finally, Gary Carter gives it to Eric Davis for the tumble. And everybody
3: comes piling out of the Reds' dugout. I believe you're right. Eric Davis has been pitched out, and Ray Knight is slowly going back to the dugout. He has also been thrown out. Well, I'll tell you what, there wasn't any fooling around in this one. Many times you see baseball fights where they're all just standing out there and squaring off with an imaginary line in the middle, but not this time.
1: He was created out of violence and horror. He exists only to destroy the evil around him. He can't be reasoned with or bargained with. He can't be stopped. So if you've been bad, look out. It's your worst nightmare come true, The Toxic Avenger. If you've been bad, he'll get you good. Rated R, under 17, not admitted without... Starts Friday at theaters everywhere. Who stays in this room? Frank Sinatra.
6: Frank Sinatra?
1: You know who slept in that bed?
7: Mm. Kenny Rogers.
6: Kenny Rogers is my favorite.
7: And you know who bit this toast? Dolly
6: Parton. <gasps> Dolly Parton is the best!
7: And this is the room where they make the golden Nugget commercials. With Steve.
5: Who? Huh? Steve. <laughs> I'm Zevalovex, as you know, KMD's in the house. <laughs> yeah,
12: well, I'm trying to think of a video to play, because
5: everybody's video? thinking of one. You think of one? Peach Fuzz. I don't know. Yeah, yo, Peach that's Fuzz.
12: fun. Peach Fuzz. Good idea, honey. Here we go. Peach oh, Fuzz dude. on Video Music vibes. Peach Fuzz. Fuzz.
5: Check it out. Check it out.
12: Peach Fuzz. <laughs> check it out. All
10: Give
12: right. a, a, a shout out to Red right, Band and DJ. OK. All right, man. I just want to say peace to everybody and happy holidays and greetings to everybody. For me, my name is DJ Johnny Pump. I'm the DJ for the Red Bandit. And I know he would want to tell all the ladies, please don't cry because everything's going to be all right. Peace. Video music box. Peace, y'all.
1: Now that we've been kicked out of the Garden of Eden, where do we go tonight? The Adam's apple. The Adam's Apple is open every day from noon till 4 a.m. for lunch, dinner, dancing on our two suspended dance floors, Sunday brunch, and catered parties. We're on First Avenue and
0: 61st Street, Manhattan. Come take a bite fly, fly. Oh, I love it.
4: And that concludes our broadcasting day. Till next time. Watch JSTV as it watches. You.